Picture this. It's blazing hot outside and you need to head to work. You get into your car and turn on the AC to get the cold air pumping as soon as possible, but it doesn't work. Instead, blowing hot air out of your vents and directly into your face. No, your car doesn't hate you. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the air conditioning system, and there's an easy all-in-one solution that will restore your cold air in no time. There's no need to go to the shop and pay lots of money when you can save time and money recharging yourself with AC Pro Recharge Kits. AC Pro Recharge Kits make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience. And the AC Pro app offers clear, vehicle-specific instructions to help you get the job done in less than 10 minutes. So pick up an AC Pro Recharge Kit at any store selling auto products and confidently restore your car's cold air yourself today. Be a pro with AC Pro. following is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Well, one, two, once cut races, both of them 500s, I wouldn't take nothing for The story is right here. The 500 to be decided. Will it be a new Defending Daytona 500 champion Marlon in front. Earnhardt in second. The Intimidator will have to be at his intimidating best. The winner of the 1995 Daytona 500 is again Sterling Marlin. Coming to the line, Sterling Marlin's going to win it. Checkered flag in the air, Sterling Marlin wins the next television. And Sterling Marlin wins his first Winston Cup victory in the greatest race of them all. Oh, baby, it's Saturday, baby. Hold on. Sterling Marlin has jumped out of his car. He's going around to look at the right front fender. But, oh, he can't do that. You can't work on your car under the red flag. That's the NASCAR rule. Hold it off a little bit. Jamie's done a death wiggle down the straightaway. The hospital hop, hop, what I call it. But I was hoping he didn't come back across in front of me. Can you believe you're here? <laughs> no, not really. Let's face myself. I knew when I left the house, we was going to win the race. And uh, wasn't looking too good early. But uh, they done a heck of a job getting the car adjusted. And, uh, man, I love them. Man, I love him. I love him. I love him. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Dale Jr. Download, episode 410 on Wednesday, February 8, 2023. Back at the Bojangles studio. And we got a guest coming in today on Wednesday. Sterling Marlin will be the guest for the show. I uh, want to welcome Mike Davis. How you doing, Mike? I'm Man, I'm pumped. I'm pumped that Sterling Marlin's here. I mean, man, this has been one that's been requested, and we've been waiting for a long time. Yeah, looking forward to getting Sterling in here. Um, just before we do, um, want to thank Lionel. I, I see a couple new diecasts on the table. Number 17, Christopher Busher Carr sitting over there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and we, we've had diecasts on this table forever, but I see some new modern that's right. Next-gen cars here. Well, Lionel brought them. Lionel's a new partner of the Dell Jr. Download this year, so we welcome them. Very excited that yeah. they've uh, decided to join us. And perfect fit because, yeah, we have a lot of diecasts on this table. So, um, want to thank Ally. They are uh, also a great partner for the for the uh, Dell Jr. Download, and they are actually the ones that sponsor the guest segment mm -hmm. and bring us you know, our, quote, allies to the table. Sterling is definitely – uh, w one of our allies, and and I'm I've known Sterling.
for a really long time. Got the chance to race against him for sure. And let's just say this before we bring him in. You know, we know that Sterling has Parkinson's disease. Hopefully everybody at home knows that too. But it may affect his speech. It may be hard to hear him at times. But that's okay. It's Sterling Marlin. We wanted him for a long time. We're glad he's here. We're more than willing to show him grace because we know that our listeners are going to show him grace too. He's a part of a lot of different things that went on in 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 NASCAR, but also his own career and my career. And I uh, can't wait to get to that. But want to thank Ally for uh, supporting us the way they do, supporting NASCAR the way they do. Nas, you know, Ally's had a lot of great announcements here lately, becoming the official sort of banking partner for NASCAR. That's right. And um, so that you know, we we need to celebrate and support all of these organizations that that help our sport. Mm-hmm. right achieve and grow and ally is certainly doing big things in this space so thank you ally and um why don't we go ahead and bring sterling in let's do it sterling marlin on the dale jr Outlook. Sterling Marlin brought beer. Yeah. It's cold. Yeah. He brought beer. Here, throw that headset on and get that mic for you. You'll be able to hear as well. What's up, pal? How you doing? Been doing good. Yeah. So um Sterling Marlin, uh it's been it's been a long time since I seen you. It's been several I've years. Been, I don't know. Last last race uh Homestead, I guess. <laughs> what is it? How long ago was that? This is uh last race at Homestead. I mean what? Five, six years ago? What probably ten years ten ago? Years, probably. Ten years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Man. So, have you been to a cup race since you last drove? Uh, You've been to maybe one or two, right? One or two. Yeah. What have you been doing? Farming. Farming. <laughs> bunch of cattle. You got a bunch of cattle. Yeah, about 80. 80, 80. <clears throat> so that's Something's what, always fucking freaking broke. <laughs> Something's broke something's all the time? Yeah. Didn't you have a farming accident recently? Didn't you, like, break your foot or something? Yeah. I mean, so you got to be careful on these tractors, don't you? It's going to jump off, ain't it? 16 or <laughs> Is that what happened? Did you jump off? Yeah, I jumped off, turned it. So, so let's, start, let's start there. Um, your, uh, your family uh, owned a 600-acre farm, right? Right. And you were born on this farm. Yeah, right? 18, 18, house, that, house built. The house was built in 1879. 1879. You were living in this house, grew up in it. Yeah. Right? Um, and what what got your dad into racing? Like your dad – so your dad's <coughs> a driver in the, in the Cup Series in the 70s. I remember Cuckoo and watched a ton of races of him racing. So what got him into racing? He was about 16 and had a track in Hohenwald, Tennessee. His brother didn't show up to race. He was going to work on his brother's car. But brother never showed up. He said, "Hell, I'll drive this thing." <laughs> okay. So he went third. Next, His brother had a car. Yeah. So why? How'd the family get interested in racing to begin with? I don't know. Just three, five, five brothers. There were daddy. five brothers. With daddy, yeah, five brothers. Damn. So you one, had a lot of uncles. Bunch, bunch of them. Yeah. So, um, your dad gave you one acre of this farm when you turned what twelve? Uh. No, I mean I built a house on the on the original farm. But like when back when you were a little kid, your dad gave you an acre of land to farm yourself. Oh yeah, you have a tobacco 
Well, right. That's how I bought first race car. So you had six, he had 600 acres, and how much of that did he farm? Uh, probably 400. Right. So four, and he gives you one of those acres. Yeah, he actually gave me two acres. Oh, he did? Tobacco. So if you need more money, I have more, more tobacco. Really? So two acres of tobacco, and it's all your responsibility? Yeah. I mean, now it's going, you can't, the government pays you not to have. Right, I got you. Any more, so. But this is back in the day. Back in the day, yeah. Were you a good tobacco farmer? The best right around. <laughs> the best. So you're farming uh, yourself. Are you using his stuff and his tractors and so forth? Yeah, his daddy passed in 05, so, so uh, he's got all this stuff in here, all this stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> but back when you get this couple of acres and you're a little boy, right, or you're young, young. How's young? I was 18, 19. 18 or 19. And you do your own farming with this two acres and raise enough money to buy a race car? Yeah, that was, I mean, a race car then would cost you. I bought my first race car for 66 Chevelle, and it paid $4,000 for it. It was a roller, paid $4,000 for it. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. what year, I mean. That was 70, 76. 76. And so, where'd you get the car from? Buddy Starr. Who? Buddy Starr, a guy in Alabama. Uh-huh. And he's got your dad's car when he flipped Atlanta. Oh. He's behind the shop. His shop it was about 10 years ago. Damn, really? He was, you know, one of roll bars. He broke a roll bar into high notch oxide. Yeah, had nitrous oxide yeah. in it. Huh. <laughs> yeah. So oh, they did yeah. some nitrous oxide stories there yeah. now. <laughs> so um, where is this at? Uh, Alabama. <laughs> I need to go see John, still so there. Johnny Starr lives in My Alabama. Buddy, Buddy Starr. Buddy Starr. He, Starr. he passed last year. Oh, he did? I'm going to drive right to it where it's at. Yeah, if it's there, I'd like to have it. The old running down service station, I was in the weeds, put a clip put on my car. <laughs> and uh, I was wandering through the weeds, look here, number 77. No s***. Johnny, Johnny Ray Special. No s***. Dang. Just it's hard to flip it, but it, was, it used to be a Diagard car. Yeah. And Johnny Ray bought it from Diagard. He did. Wow, I never heard that story. That car yeah. just sitting there. Sitting there. Damn. And the dude what? died last year? Did you say? Yeah, yeah, last year. It, so who owns it now? I don't know. Go get it. <laughs> Sterling, this is why we got, we got yeah, you here. This is what yeah. you're going to go get that car. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so you, your dad, uh, when did he start racing in the Cup Series? Uh, his pop raced about '67. And who his, named your dad Cuckoo? He did. He did. He couldn't, he couldn't talk about it like me. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, he can't sound like Cuckoo when he he's, he's, he loves to call me Cuckoo. What's right. his name? What's his full name? Clifton B. What? Clifton B. Clifton? Clifton B. And so he just started going by Cuckoo. Yeah. And because, I mean, you know, that's a pretty unique name. Ain't many people and got he, it. Yeah, he didn't, ain't many people got it. I don't it. know anybody else. And so <laughs> when did he start racing the cup? Uh, Full time? Started about 19. He bought a junior's car. The one Grossback selling pole with at Charlotte. Oh. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. white three. White three. Now, Charlie I still, I still stern. Charlie Wreck. Out of that thing in that race, right? yeah, he yeah. hit on the front straightaway. Yeah, he's yeah. fast, but he raced. He was fast. He yeah. crashed it though. He was a dart without feathers. Yeah, in that race at least. Now, he, he drove for Daddy. Daddy got hurt in Tallahassee and uh, broke his shoulder. Yep. And we had to go to Charlotte run uh, World Six Hundred, and Humpy made a deal with Daddy, painted up like a three car. But uh, he he got in that car. They didn't warm it up. He come by wide open. Charlie lost back. And Charlie drove it, broke a motor in the race. We had prototype motors back then. So 
your dad bought the car, the white three car that Junior Johnson owned at Charlie Wreck. Yeah. That was um, that was your yeah, dad's. He won, he won Bristol with it. That was your dad's f- first car. No, he had a 69 Chappelle. That was your what? his first cup car. Cup car. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. It had stopped. It had run windows, doors, windows in them, and roll the window up or down, or short track doors, and both, they had two doors you bolted on, and just were lighter. Yeah. But badgers in the right front. Had a big 427 in it and hooked up cowl induction. Pretty neat. Yeah. yeah. And so your dad starts cup racing with that car? Uh, yeah, started that. Did he drive it? Yeah, he drove He drove it. Uh, we ran it in Daytona. Ran that car 10 years, didn't put a clip on it. Nowhere. You uh, ran it 10 years? 10 years, never put a clip on it. Good heavens. Put Man. a clip on it one time from <clears> Hutch. And it just got reskinned so body wise over put the a, years. Put a lagoon on it. Right. Damn. Yeah. How do you do that? Well, no, I mean, that's pretty cool. cool. I love that yeah, we history. We cut the body off. Just <laughs> me and my buddies. Yeah. Shoot the body off, put the body on. So your dad was, you know, back. So in the when I watch races in the 70s, I watch a bunch of them. And there were, you know, there's David Pearson, Richard Petty, Kel Yarborough. Buddy Bear. Five yeah, there was, there was like five or six guys. Yeah. And then your dad. And your dad was like right on their ass. Every once in a while, you'd run with them, but out of you know, y'all were an independent in yeah. in most people's eyes. What what you call an independent? They don't really exist anymore these days. But y'all were y'all exceed you know y'all they y'all were always like the best independent. Yeah. Um, and I'm kind of curious how y'all made power, how y'all made speed. You know, you'd outrun all the other independents. You'd outrun James Hilton and all those other guys that were doing the same same stuff with the same stuff as y'all, and y'all'd run right on the heels of Junior Johnson yeah. and Richard and those guys. And how did you how did you do it? Uh, a lot of work. Yeah, Daddy's Dad was a good driver. Yeah, but more often, right? He'd drive his car, and he said, "I got to farm, stay on his farm." So he turned him down, but uh, he uh, he worked his ass off. Yeah, and so a lot of hard work. And ingenuity and and creativity and you guys were able to go to the racetrack and I mean you you show up uh, one year you showed up Daytona and run second yeah in the qualif in the in the one twenty five fourth in the race or something yeah. like that yeah should have won yeah like <coughs> no, we pitted we was about thirty four I think it was leading and uh, NASCAR official came over and said you had to come back in I said come back in for what I was taking the right front tire he said you got you left the lugs off I said I don't need no damn lugs off. And uh, sure enough, he had to him in pit road. Fish walked in the room and said, go ahead. They were on there. Yeah, yeah they were on there. There was nothing off. Nothing off. Well, y'all got screwed. The tire guy in the tower up there sitting looking down on pit and you tell me you can see them looking nothing off. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why would they do that? They, they wanted to pay to win. Oh. You think? I imagine. Yeah. I imagine. I love, I love the Richard Richard, though, but that's the way, way it was back then. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. So, yeah, that was... There was a Daytona 500, I think it's 76 or 7 or something like that, where Cuckoo was leading, and yeah, that, that was the year. He was leading one time, Benny won the race. Yeah. Was there other weeks where y'all were, you know, as competitive at other racetracks? I mean, I know when you go to, like, you know, Michigan or, or Charlotte or somewhere like that, um, it was, you know, it was rare where y'all to have, uh, you know, top two, top three finishes, but – Outside of Daytona, what other racetracks did y'all look forward to going to? Not everywhere. Yeah. Get out of town, but uh, <coughs> Daddy, 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 
it looks, looks like pride in, in speedway stuff. Yeah. Cut, cut here, cheat here, move this, move that. He put that much pot, he took a load of it and wheeled on the roof. His old car raised up his high. Guy to build, look like a camel. Roofs, <laughs> roofs built up, built up in the center to get by the templates. How would you get by the templates with the lug nut on the roof? It's, it was bond old in. It, it made wood roof <laughs> weighed 500 pounds. <clears throat> Just to get the arrow over the spoiler yeah, or stuff like he, that? Daddy's pretty sharp on arrows. So he, he, uh, he, we had, he, a sheet metal break, he'd break, he made, made one himself. So I'd build that. He's pretty innovative. Yeah. But he had one deal there. He took a, a radio, uh, radiator. And at the time, he wouldn't let you block cars off. So, you could you go away. 20 tires qualified in top five. And uh, he got a radiator out of the junkyard and took a core out of it. And the officials, when he went through inspection, they'd take a hose pipe and squirt through the radiator to see if it was blocked off anywhere. Well, he had a few holes in it where water run out. And uh, every time we pick up a second qualifying lane, I couldn't figure out what the hell y'all doing. And uh, they'd block it, he could block Carl from solid if he wanted to. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Cuckoo Marlin uh, innovation <clears throat> stories, but we could just do a whole series on that, right? Sure. Have a shock dino, too. What's that? Have a shock dino. Oh, is that right? Gino and Munro's? Here, you know, and here, and here. <laughs> Work with his arm. That's good. Put that in a good pile, bad pile. I got you. Oh, Moe's used to have all Munro shops in the back of his trunk. Yeah. He'd come to the garage and go, I need a shop. So I got, you know, <clears throat> watching all these old races from – from from the seventies, there's this blonde headed, skinny kid running around this race car, <clears throat> changing tires, and that was you. That was me. I when practiced. did? So what was get you know I. When I look at the videos, I can't imagine what it must have been like to be running around in the garage back then in the seventies. The you talk about the Laguna, Char- Dodge Chargers, these beautiful, beautiful <clears throat> late 70s, mid 70s muscle cars, Detroit Iron, uh, all the creativity and innovation, so much, so many, so much ability for you guys to kind of work and to <clears throat> massage and, and, and create whatever you want with these cars. Living. The dream? Did you? You probably didn't know you were living the dream back then. You were probably having a blast, but you were working your butt off, try, yeah. probably doing it. But man, <clears throat> that I, I I know that you go on to have this great driving career. But as a kid running around helping your dad, going to the racetrack every single weekend, how much fun was that? It was ball. We had a ball. Yeah. And about the first time I changed tires, I was in Darlington, and you, you used to have to take like. Walked about his pit crew, our pit crew. We had three or four guys. Mm-hmm. And if that is in front of everybody, he got to pit first. And then mm-hmm. Walter Ballard come in pit. Walter Ballard. And we'd, we'd be give out. <laughs> we'd <laughs> we change the tires on everybody's car, you know. Yeah. Was there a time where you changed, you know, you were the you were the pit crew for more than two cars? No. We yeah. All. But y'all would share, you would share with another yeah, team. Richard Childers, I wish we shared with him too. Richard Childers? Yeah. Yeah, so like whoever was leading or who, whoever was the best – Running car at the time would be the car that would come first. Yeah, yeah. And the guy that was struggling, Flash. he'd come on down the yeah. next time by to get his tires changed. How about that? 
Could you imagine doing that today? Well, actually, that happened at Talladega my first year in the sport. James Finch was crazy enough to try that because he didn't want to pay for a second pit crew, which would make complete sense. So James Finch didn't care. But like in that, he put Joe Rutman in. He got the backup car. Jimmy Spencer's in that number one yellow car. Remember that? Yeah, that, yeah. that and he just decided to put Joe Rutman in the backup car at Talladega. And they were like, hey, Finch, who's going to pit Rutman's? He's the same crew I got for Spencer. So they, but, but then they just wrecked out so early that it didn't oh, even yeah. become a thing. But I, could, I never – that was so far I couldn't believe he was even ballsy enough to try that. Yeah, sounds like a good idea. Well, it definitely is more affordable, I guess. <laughs> I guess. How did you end up uh, driving a race car for yourself? I bought a 64 Seville, yep. and at the time, Nashville had a street races. Streets. After everything got over, you could keep a streetcar from stands and drive in a race out there. So I, I bought a 64 Seville for 100 bucks mm. and run it twice, made 100 bucks, and turned, sold it back to the guy for 150 Yeah, that's a good deal. So I had a few dents in, but we, <laughs> drove, we drove it from Columbia to Nashville. No tags, no license, no nothing up interstate, me and my cousin. And, uh, <laughs> Outlaw. <laughs> no, come on back. Go back. I was racing. Didn't knock, knock a few headlights knocked out. Oh. On the court mile. Anyway, that's my first car. And I bought that 66 Chevelle. And uh, just qualified six. I think first race of May of the year. And finished sixth in a national championship race. Because you used to have national championship races. And so, how did you end up driving your your dad's car in a cup race? Like back then, you used to don't track up on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Had all kind of time. He gets the car qualified, and he's just getting the car and running a few laps. I drive 10 or 15 laps. Mm. And, uh, yeah, because – Just get seat time, you know. Right. So, for example, um, when they would go to uh, day, you know, any racetrack on, on, on the schedule, practice, the track is open on Wednesday, 9 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Track's open until 5. Yeah. You can go out there and run. <clears throat> Dang. <clears throat> all day the track's open. Am I right? You're right. And so, you know – you might sit in the garage, work on your shit for a couple hours. The guy next to you is out on the racetrack running. Then he comes in, low, you know, puts his shit on stands for a few hours, and then you go, you know, and the next guy's out. I mean, you just run whenever the hell you want. And there, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like everybody's lined up at the gate when right. when the when practice started. It was just very casual. You know, Sterling could climb in the car and go run five laps if he wanted to. So seat time. Yeah. And so you's out there messing around, driving the car in practice. How often did you do that? All, all I wanted to. <laughs> Every I week? I was faster than Daddy Darlington first time I had it. Really? Pissed him off. Well, he was mad. Oh, you, know, you know he would have been mad. Well, I love Darlington. So. And you? <laughs> I we, mean, pit, we pit Darlington. We pit down there in turn four. Yeah. Just had it on and over. Yeah. Hot, yeah. Hot, getting shaved right now. I love watching him turn four, piercing him. Kale. Hit that flat up off two over. It bouncing. Yeah. That's right. So your dad was mad? Well, well yeah. what happens when Cuckoo Marlin gets mad at at you? What like the, is it words? Well, I, like, well, what? I told you to be kicking my ass with cowboy boots. And <laughs> 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 I'll be going around in a circle. <laughs> I broke his I broke his collarbone twice. What? His collarbone? Yeah. You broke your dad's collarbone. Yeah. Right with a go kart. Oh, he, okay. He, he kept jumping out at me. And I dodged. I said, I ain't dodging this time. I come by. You ran over him? Yeah. You well, ran over your dad? I, I thought yeah, I thought I was gonna jump out of the way, and he didn't. That, that's that's some that's some Spencer level right there, Sterling. That's that's <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. But he, he didn't do it again, though, did he? No, he didn't do it again. <laughs> yeah. So, 
you you made your sportsman debut in 1976 at Nashville. You've predominantly raced at the fairgrounds for a long time. Yeah. That was your track. How far do you live from the racetrack? Government. And so um, that first race, when you ran that street stock, you drove your car home with no taillights. Yeah. I guess they got knocked out in the race. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Some Coop- guy had to send me surveil to come on stands. Everybody took aim at him. I mean, they tore the car on Because he had a nice car. He's a nice yeah, car. They whooped his, whooped his car's ass. Yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't bring you nice stuff out there. Your dad broke his shoulder at Talladega. And uh, you ended up uh, driving in your first cup race. Yeah. So what year was that? 76? 76. So you ain't raced but a couple races. You only third, run third race I run is cup race. Third race you ran. So this is what's weird to me. Cup Kyle race. has the same situation. So Kyle, you know, Richard Petty, when we talked to Kyle, you know, Kyle goes and runs the Arca race at Daytona. It's like the first race he ever ran in his life. Um and he and he wins it. And his dad's like, You ain't gonna mess around with sportsmen or any of that mess, you're going right to cup. And he goes right into cup in seventy nine. He took that um Dodge Miranda or whatever and Magnum. tried you know, Magnum or whatever yeah. and trying to try his ass off to try to make a few races. He's out there running cup races with they no he don't have no other experience. Huh? But his dad thought that was what he needed to do. He's like, Why you ain't wasting your time with that other shit. If you want to come run cup, come learn to run cup. So even I mean, this is almost no different for you. I know you ended up getting a lot of short track uh and sportsman racing in your in your uh in your background. But I mean, there you are, third race of your life running in the cup race. And it's not a big deal. It was not a, I mean, I know there was some drivers that might have been concerned about your inexperience, but it happened. And you did, you know, you, you fell out with an issue. But just explain to me back then in the 70s how you, Kyle, I mean, in, anybody could just show up and oh, yeah. jump in a car and there you go. Off they you went. They took, I think I took my car. I went on Talladega, and they did have an old beta, beta car on them, shit, really. I run 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 Talladega with it, and uh, your dad had a backup yeah, junk a backup car, car. So was, and uh, you were gonna run. Nose, uh, Chevelle. You were gonna run Talladega. Run Talladega, so uh, we can't hit it from Mama a good bit. Anyway, we got <laughs> got Talladega, and I was by myself. Got two box in the wagon. Got in inside to work on the car. Now our officer come by. He said, "This car got good brakes." I said, "Yes." He said, "How about the stand? It's pretty good. He got stand. Told him stand. Here's your here's your sheet." Wow, that's all it took. That's all it took. Boy, they were, they were lax. Yeah, back then. And so you ran an ARCA race at Talladega. Yeah. What year was that? Seventy-seven, I guess. Seventy-eight. So this is yeah. And how'd you do? I was running fourth in some some compartment. Yeah. Damn. So, um, how did your first Cup race go? Where was that that you filled in for your dad? Nashville. Nashville? Yeah, Cunningham Kelly sponsored the car, and he, he was out of, right out of Nashville. Who's yep. a great guy. Who was he? H.P. Cunningham. What he run? What was his business? Chevrolet dealership. He had a Chevrolet dealership yeah. that was a sponsor on the side of your dad's yeah, car yeah. all through the seventies. So we had we had to uh, get the car ready for for, for Daytona type shit. Nashville. Well, he brought he, he was going to qualify that Saturday. Your dad for the arc race. Yeah. Next the next week. And he's gonna run two hundred. He's running. Two, got him clocked back straight. He's gonna run two hundred. Broke spindle. Hit it, the wall. Hit the oh. wall. It hurt him. 
and uh, he's, he's laid over in the right side of the car, and I got to him. Wait, what? He's laid over in the right side of the car. Seat, that's Sparkle seat in the car. Cost, cost 50 bucks. And it broke? It broke. Damn, yeah. he's lucky he didn't get killed. I didn't kill him. How long was he out? About a month. Goodness. Yeah. Well, then they needed a driver, and that was you. Well, if only me, we had to work our ass off. We got ready and broke the in the race. Oh, is that right? The car all frame was all twisted up, and it wasn't, wasn't much good. Oh, the car that you drove for your dad at Nashville is all bent? Yeah. Yeah, just an old car? It's an old car. Since it was you, you got the little junk car out of the backyard. Yeah. You didn't get the nice car. No. <laughs> <laughs> so you run that race, and that's it. Your dad gets well, comes back. Or did you? What did you do after that? After Nashville, I run Nashville. Whenever we didn't run Cup, I'd run Nashville, and I didn't run full time Nashville till 1980. You didn't run. You're talking sportsman, like late model stock yeah. or late model car. Yeah. You went to Nashville and ran any time the Cup cars didn't race. So you were with your dad on pit road, helping your dad in the garage and all that on a Cup weekend. But when that wasn't going on, you took your little sportsman car and raced on Nashville, yeah, Nashville. fairground. Yeah. And then in 1980, you went and ran full time at Nashville. And what was your dad doing? He retired? He retired. So why did your dad retire? He's running out of money. Mm. What year was this? 79 or 80. So why did, were, was, it the cha- was it the transition to the smaller cars? Or? Yeah, he said downsized cars. Downsized yeah, cars? He, he couldn't? Couldn't have, didn't have the money. He come down Pitt Road and uh, windshield and caved in. Uh, hands cut all the hell, bleeding like hell. He said, I'm through. You run it. It's all yours. Really? Just like that. How old was he in 1980? He was born in 32. So he's about 50? 50. 48. So your dad, just like that, decided he was going to retire. Was it a uh, was it really that easy of a decision? Or? I don't think. He just got broke, got him retired, just give out. He, he, he'd, he'd follow us. Uh, with me and me and my cousin David would drive a truck, trailer to the race in Charlotte, Michigan, wherever. And him and Mama followed us in the car. We'd come home. He'd run with the truck, tried to get about 100 miles home. He was home sleeping about an hour. He's, he's a pretty tough old guy. Yeah. Farming. He looked tough. Yeah. So he retires. What happens to all the, all the cars and He gives to me. He had two cars. So he had two cars and gave them to you? Yeah. What'd you do with them? I took and run. Uh, I went to a car, had a car downsized. What a RCR Children's. They put a clip on it for me. And uh, used to run Charlotte one time. I run out of money, too. I had the coolest response. I wouldn't give four thousand dollars they run out of money. I run out of money. And uh, it did, did run like 1978. They had a, a thanks Charlotte. It's called the Underdog Award. Yep. And I run eighth in the, in the World 600, 1978. Yeah. Driving so, your dad's car? Dad's car, yeah. Mm-hmm. Run good. And uh, when, it, when it paid $5,000 to win that deal. But anyway, he... Uh, <laughs> He's a pretty bad drink. Your dad? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he, he always wanted to rough you up a little bit when he was drinking. So went to the racetrack the next morning, one morning. Where's the daddy at? Uh, he'll be here later. He come in, had a hat on, sunglasses, and a popped up mouth off some golden glove boxer, some bar. He warmed yeah. his head up. What? I had to drive the car. Your dad ran his mouth some fella at the bar yeah, the night little, before? Yeah, going to little boxer. He didn't know he was going to go to the little boxer. The guy lit him up? Lit him up. Goodness. And couldn't so see. he couldn't drive it? He couldn't drive, couldn't see. Damn. 
So you had to drive the car in the race? I drove the car, yeah, finished eight, worth 600. Damn. <laughs> I wonder what he said. I don't know. Probably somebody's mama. <laughs> My gosh. <laughs> Did your dad run his mouth to, the, to like, any of the drivers he raced against? Did he ever have any kind no, of – No, he didn't have no conflict yeah. with the drivers. Just got what he's done with – this is funny, he's out here. Went to Talladega. Him and Hoss. Ellington. Big buddies. Hoss Ellington? Elmo Langley, yeah. Elmo Langley. So uh, they get – to go, mom's driving out to go. The house bought a brand new, uh, continental. So, mama and daddy and house goes to some old Jeep joint. Well, mama didn't drink, so they got ready to go. Uh, mom, house made mama drive. So she's she trying to get the car started. Windows going, she didn't know how far the power button was on everything. Well, the cops seen her. They come over in the house, house and daddy sitting in the back seat. <laughs> and, uh, they kind of roughed up getting snatched out of the car. My daddy bailed out to whip her ass. What? Yeah. Four-five cops. Yeah, right. So, uh... That can't end well. <laughs> so, they got to put him in jail. Hoss and daddy in jail. Hoss, his house. He said, sir, you're going to have to step out of that car. Hoss said, for what? He said, you're going to jail? He said, I just bought brand new Lincoln Connell. Hell, I'm going to drive it home. He said, no, you ain't. Put, put Hoss in jail, too, so... <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so, uh, he said, uh... Hoss woke up sleeping there. In jail cell. Hoss heard some beating. She looked over and Daddy had a, a shoe beating on a Coca-Cola can. So if only Hoss will make a key, we going to get out of here. He said, yeah, I ain't, you saw them dogs? Don't you? I ain't going out of here. He's trying to break out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's trying to break out. That's <laughs> funny. Golly. Wild times. Man, they ran hard back then, Dale. Yeah, they did. I tell you what, that's a different breed right there. Yeah. Oh, Hoss, I loved him. I drove for him. I drove for him. Ten races. You did. In the bullseye. Bullseye barbecue Barbecue number one. So you ran out of money to run in the Cup Series. You have your dad's cars. You 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 downsized one for a nineteen eighty one season. Um you end up going back to Nashville, right? Right. And committed yourself to racing at home. Yeah, won one championship. You ran you ran the champ you won the championship. You won it. Three, three years in a row. row. Yeah. At Fairground. Who were you racing against? Uh, Buddy Broom, Bush Lilly. Yeah. So did uh, that was right? I guess Dad was kind of moving out of the. Dad used to go to the fairgrounds every once in a while back in the seventies, like seventy six, seventy seven. Daryl tells a story about Dad going there with Daryl's car. Daryl couldn't go and run, and so Daryl sent Dad uh, to run the fairgrounds in the sportsman race with yeah. Daryl's orange and white seventeen. Yeah. And Daddy run over everybody, and they called Daryl and told Daryl never to let Dad run, take his car down the fairgrounds. Yeah, me too. Yeah. You got ran over too? Yeah. <laughs> I guess Dad was pretty wild. He's hungry. Hungry. Is that right? Hungry. Yeah. Everybody was hungry back then. That's right. Yeah. Gotta, gotta want to do it. Yeah. So, um, y'all, uh, you win the track championship uh, three years in a row. And how do you get yourself back into the Cup Series? Oh, Sadler. Who? Earl Sadler. Sadler, yeah. White has White. Had, he's had a he's had a car number ninety five around forever. Everybody drove for him. Davey, all kinds of Jim people. Jim Mayfield. Yep. Bunch of them. So he he bought two cars and uh, he is is he from around Nashville? Yeah, he's from Nashville. Want to be trucking company. Okay. And so he wants to help you out. Yeah. About ten races with him. Yeah. Spots too, but didn't have any money. Had to run eighty four. Had to. Roger Hamlin let me drive his car about three or four races. 
Roger Hamby had that 17, 17 car. car. A lot of different guys would end up driving his yeah. car. Phil Parsons, all t- you know, he was he was a guy that was his car was dependable. Would it run? It would run all right. Yeah, he he said he called me. Said, "Look, I want to drive my car next year." I said, "I'd be glad to get off this farm." Yeah. He's kidding me. So uh, he said, "I pay you twenty percent of the winnings." That's pretty good. And I got in here. I had forty something dollars. Man, I love this. Yeah, and work at the back no more. Yeah, yeah. And then Hoss called in eighty, eighty five. And that man went to Daytona. And ain't me die, but run, running was boys good. But uh, pole was forty. I think outside pole was forty four, oh two. I run a forty four oh three. Yeah. And Hoss car. And missed outside pole, but that's that's when we went, July we went down there again, and uh, went to Ice House, got the dries, and it caught us. Caught you? Yeah. What to, were you doing with the dry ice? I had to putting on the intake or something. Yeah, on the uh, fuel line. Putting it on the fuel line. Yeah. Just funny official popped that little valve uh, door, you flip the flip door, and look in there. He looks in there, and you see him going. He touched it down like dry ice. I bet. <laughs> so what would it, why would you want to put dry ice on the fuel line for people listening? It's about 20, run, run, say about 20 horsepower. Damn. That's a lot. Having that fuel that it's cold. It's cold. Yeah. Dry, dry, it's cold. Damn, that's nice. So what, know, hap- what happens when they catch you with dry ice? Like the, it makes you qualify the next day. What, they made you qualify the yeah, next day. Yeah, just re-qualify. I remember back in the day, them buying bags of ice and dumping it all oh, over oh, the intake oh, and yeah. stuff. Right. You know, it'd be a bunch of ice. Yeah. Before we had ice cool, you know, machines that were like cooling down the water temp, Mike. Yeah. They would have, you know, you wanted to get that air and that fuel and that mixture going through the intake as cold as possible. So you wanted the intake to be as cold as you could get it, right? So they would, they were dumping, you know, the garage would people were just dumping ice all bags of ice on top of the motor. This is a crazy thing to think about now, but back then it seemed so normal. You're getting back in the cup garage, running a couple races for this guy, a couple races for that guy. Um, what was the first full time ride? You're running part time with Bailey and and Haas Ellington, and I think the forty four team. Forty four team. Yeah. So when you got the the ride with the forty four team, <clears throat> that was in nineteen eighty seven. You know, in nineteen eighty four, you're driving for Hamby, and the deal fell apart. You finished the year with the Salad Brothers. You ran for Jimmy Means and uh, Bahari Racing. You were uh, kind of bouncing around in 85 and 80, in, in 86. Helen Ray drove for yeah. her a couple races. I called her, and she had a, I knew she had a car, a good, a good car. And I called her, I said, Ms. Ray, can I, can, I, can I drive your car so we in Charlotte? She said, honey, I got nobody to work on you. If you work on it, put a motor in it, you, you can have it. Mm. Yeah. Remember, buddy, qualified seventh, eighth. So Helen Ray, uh, Dave Marcus ran for her for uh, a year or two, that orange and white car. I think Ray Everham has one of those cars over at his shop restored. Um, in 87, Billy Hagen calls you. That, this is the team that won a championship in 1984 yeah. that you're getting a call from. Yeah, You've been working, around, bouncing around, grinding, trying to put deals together, and now you're getting a call from a team like that. They were kind of you know, in a transition. Terry's leaving, going to drive for, uh, I think, at that point, he had already, junior. yeah, he's going to drive for Junior. Yeah. And you are going to jump in this 44. It's a great race car. Yeah. So you're far removed from the farm. You're not at the farm anymore. You're kind of making money and making a living. But now you got a full-time ride. Which I always wanted. Yeah. 
Um, you had a great top five finish at Charlotte in the fall, 11th in points. Yeah. We got Jake Hilder about Southern 500. Jake Hilder worked for everybody. I loved him. <laughs> I loved old Jake. But he didn't stick around. They called him no, suitcase, suitcase Jake. Jake. Did, did he leave you too? He had a business card, yeah. Yeah, on his business card? Yeah. He, he, he took pride in the fact that he was going to leave you about halfway through the year. He had that on. Yeah. His, he'd have it on his business card. Like, hey man, here I'm gonna come work, but don't don't expect me to stick around. Don't buy a uniform for me. Yeah, don't buy a uniform. <laughs> That's what he'd say. Yeah. One would think it'd make him hard to hire, but right? he must have been that good. He was that good. He's good. He made we fast. We're gonna fourth first race out with him. Yeah. Jeez. What would he do to a car that you think? He knew how to set up the front man, end and all that stuff. He hits with a car. I made a little change of things. It's gonna be race morning. He said I made a change in a little car. It's gonna be good. It'll be good. He's hold you by a collar on you. Race uniform. <laughs> it might not take it easy at first lap, but I think it'd be okay. <laughs> what would he, he, but what he, was he changing? Springs, shops, weight bar. Yeah. Yeah. He's just good. It's good. Yeah. So I, I wanna I want you to talk about being able to, you know, find the security of a full time ride. You've like you've been trying your whole life to get this opportunity and and now you're you know you got to deal with Hagen and you're on your way you ain't got to worry about you maybe you deal maybe you do got to worry about it but i mean it seems like that you'd have some security and comfort knowing that you you got a good yeah, nice deal here three years contract you know yeah did you feel good about it yeah good i think you paid me a hundred thousand dollars hundred twenty thousand dollars salary yeah man look at hundred twenty that's better than the tobacco farm. oh yeah yeah did you feel secure did you feel secure for the first time, or have you ever felt like do, do you drivers? I wonder even when you get your big, you know, your multi-year deals. Do you ever feel like you're stable, or does it always still feel cutthroat? Uh, probably a little cutthroat, in it, but yeah. You just have to know who you're dealing with. What was Hagen like? He, he was he was going through divorce at the time, and he wasn't around much. Oh, and he he really hurt for money. So you drove for. You drove for them in 87, 88, and um, 89. Uh, they changed the number to 94, and Sonoga comes on board in 1989. But let's talk about um, getting wrecked at Bristol by Daddy leading the race. <laughs> um, Dad, now I'll be the first to admit, Dad would run flat run over people. And, uh, you know, sometimes he would beat and bang and get annoyed. Sometimes I thought the guy deserved it, but sometimes he'd just drive straight through you, and, and there was like, you know, no, you couldn't argue. You couldn't argue some of the things that happened. He gets underneath you, and y'all were going around a lap car. I think it was yeah, Buddy Arrington. Somebody. Somebody. And uh, and he didn't back out. So you're going down in the corner, and he's got his nose in there in the middle between you and that lap car, yeah. and clipped you in the left rear. Takes the front off your car going by. You're leading the race. Yeah. You know, having a great run. And uh, how does that? How does that go? You know, you got to be pretty damn pissed off, right? Team's pissed yeah. off. Team's pissed off. Running, running good. Been different running fifteenth. Right. Man. You're leading the race. Leading the race. So do you have a conversation, or does Dad? I can't, you, I can't remember. You can't remember. Huh? Y'all never, uh, never talked about it. No. Yeah. What car in the year was this? This was probably either '86 or '87. Okay. So with the or 80, I'm sorry, '87 or '88. Yeah. He's driving. That it was the Piedmont car still. It wasn't Sunoco yet. Okay, I just was always curious about that because, um, you know, typically uh, Dad would see you the next week and put his arm around you and go, "Hey, I didn't mean to do that." It's like, how do you let this guy? 
you know, he had this way about him where you you were like, all right. I mean, I'm still pissed off, but you know, he was he was ten years older than me. He was ten. But I, I mean, I loved him, but he could, I loved him. He'd sit in old seat. Yeah. Lay all that way, made my Camaro. <laughs> See, top of your head. Yeah. And <laughs> I thought it was cool. I sit real low in the car. Yeah. And I fixed my I fixed my car like it. Did you? Down low. Yeah. But so he, the age difference, you, him being ten years older, you kind of. Yeah, I met him when I was farm. Looked at hens and chickens. Dad's and, farm. Yeah. Yeah. Deer. And, Everything else, known a man can. Yeah, he'd take you around. And and, take yeah, the only time we come in from Nashville, we'd race in Nashville. And I flew back with him. Well, I forgot my ride was, got mixed heads in another airport. He said, let's take that van home with you. I said, you sure? I said, yeah. Hell, just keep it as long as you want. I don't, I don't need it. Talk the world up. Yeah. Were, were y'all that tight back in the 80s, though? Like, I, was, I think he's, he's, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, because I guess y'all were, start, you said y'all were racing each other at Nashville back in the, 70s uh i i guess i just was assuming that y'all weren't really developing a relationship or a friendship or anything but maybe i'm wrong did you did you guys start becoming friends that early i've, I've been friends with him all the time really wow yeah okay okay but he wrecks you that's gotta that's gotta test a friendship sterling it's got to right i mean you're leading the race at bristol it's gotta test a little bit <laughs> you still get to you get up a little bit but yeah i mean you say things you didn't want to go cuckoo on him? Yeah, it was, it was, it worked itself out. It worked itself out. So, uh, speaking of that, so like who, and who are the drivers that were friends of yours? Like when you talk, when, like I, I would say like, you know, Mark Trix Jr., Elliot Sadler, I had buddies, you know, McMurray. Yeah. Who were your buddies? Uh, Schrader, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> what a crew. That was a hell of a crowd. That's a crew. I can't imagine y'all three yeah. together causing any problems. No, 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 no. <laughs> What happens to the Hagen deal? You get the Sunoco sponsorship, change the number to 94, the team gets sold, some guy, a king, comes and buys a team. Then what happens? Uh, junior. Junior Call Johnson's going to hire you for the second car. Yes, my Max Lowe's car. Number 22. Yeah. It, junior John, and at this point, are you like, hell yeah, Junior Johnson, well, one of the best damn deals around? what I thought. Yeah. And so – the one thing I remember about Junior Johnson and you driving that 22 is the fireball at oh, Bristol. Yeah. So uh, they're racing at Bristol. It's a damn badass race. But now, maybe not for him and all the guys on the racetrack. This is when it was asphalt. Every damn body's getting their shit tore up left and right. Every damn car on the track. But that is stupid. Huh? Pit road thing, remember? That pit road thing, you was odd even. Yeah. You worked like hell if you last pass by and you get back in front of you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, just on pit road. Yeah, it pit was road. a damn wild-ass race. I remember sitting on top of a comfort coach van in the corner watching you, and uh, you backed it in the wall. Yeah. They come down pit road, and they need to get – in the back of the car is mashed down to the ground. They need to get the damn spoiler yeah. back up yeah. at a reasonable height so he, can go, <clears throat> he goes out there and drives it. He's like, I can't drive some with a spoiler on the ground. So they put jack stands on top of the fuel cell rack and – the jack stands hold the deck lid. So had a adjustable tail end. Yeah. <laughs> so he goes back out on track, and he's making laps. Run, run third, go back to third. Did you? With the <laughs> damn jack stands yeah. riding in the back. Yeah. Got turned around, or what happened? How'd you get spun out? Well, a piece of metal off the sauce broke off, cut the left rear tire down. So you backed it into the wall again. Those, fuel, those uh, jack stands go through the fuel cell, Mike. Yeah. 
And yeah, this thing, as it would when it's sitting on top of a fuel cell. In the pictures of this, uh, in the pictures of this crash, you can see one of the Bon-ton. fuel cell or one of the jack stands bouncing down the racetrack in the ball of fire. I mean, this thing was a ball of fire. Oh yeah, it was hot. So that back then you had uh, fuel cells in, back then. That's fuel cell, but you had uh, oil, oil too, oil tank, oil right tank, there. and that it ruptured as well. It ruptured well. It busted all that shit. Yeah. Said, the oil got the gas, gas got the oil fire started. Damn, boy, that's uh, combustible. Yeah, you had a lot going on. Um, <laughs> Chocolate Myers runs over there, helps you, helps you, know, you get out. Yeah, pull the glove, meat come off of the what glove, meat. Really, you got burnt up pretty bad. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, just your hand or uh, uh, legs? Ew. Damn. Because the car backs into the wall, then comes down the track backwards. backwards. So the fire's he's it's backing not, into not the, the fire. Back one in the damn crush panel is wow. the fire on me. Burning so damn bad. It was hot. It was hot. So I've been inside a car that's been on fire, and I can't express to people how fucking hot fire is. It is like a million bees stinging yeah, you. Yeah. All at once. Fire yeah. It is a worst experience. Um, and those burns, they the take forever, Ever. forever to heal. I was sitting in the car at Bristol. The, the weekend that we swept Bristol. I remember. I was thinking about this as you were talking. So I had a, uh, I had a big old scab on top of my thigh, and it was a big f- sore, but it had, it had uh, grown almost shut, right? It healed itself yeah. almost shut, but it was still about... I don't know, four by four big scab on top of my thigh. And uh, I'm in the car practicing, and one of my crew guys comes over to help me tighten my seatbelt, and he uh, his hand slipped, and he punched me in the thigh right there, and it busted that. like Ooh. It just busted it, and it's just like you got to start all over. Mm. That whole scab has to regrow, right? Um, and those things would take forever to heal. So I can't imagine what you dealt with. So you burnt. A lot of your, uh, a lot of the skin on your hand. How did you race? Just, just wanted to race. Yeah, you just. I run ha- next week and book. Wrapped it up, Wilkesboro. Wrap it up Jeez. and go. And uh, just run one lap, just keep points. Oh, and, I got you. And then uh, come back, run Martinsville next week. Run good. And then went to Talladega and run fourth. Yeah. So driving for Junior, what was that like? What was Junior Johnson like? Well, he's going to a divorce same time. Damn. Henry Flossie were splitting up. Yeah. And uh, I was kind of disappointed. I mean, Bama's hand was kind of tied on a lot of things. And, she uh, was, yeah, she was pretty woven into his racing organization, right? Yeah. Like she had more control than I think you'd imagine <clears throat> when it came down to it. She she wasn't going to, she wasn't going to turn around and just walk away. Uh-huh. And, uh, and so, yeah, she made things a little challenging. Yeah. Yeah. And then, 92, 92 went to Daytona, Daytona Pole, 500. Yeah. And uh, had the big wreck on the back straight away. I was in it. Is that 1992 in the Maxwell House? Yeah, Maxwell House. Is that the car that, um, so Brad Means told me, Brad is Jimmy's son, that after qualifying, so (laughs) who sat on the pole with you? Bill. Your teammate. And both of those cars went in the holler, and they closed the doors and changed the damn dra- uh, Tra- trailing arms. arms. In the cars, in the holler, it's like impossible. How do you do that? Yeah, yeah, tight as hell. But you had to because what they had was illegal. Well, they had signals. Pistols huh? coming. Yeah, knocking you on. Hear tools clanging and shit. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. 
So Brilliant. y'all was standing watch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you take off the qualifier. Man, people told me how I had a valve head turn right here. Oh. Yeah, it's sit down. Sit down. Junior was a, Junior was not scared uh-huh. to to break a rule. And Daryl talks about, you know, the lead shot and the frame rail oh, pouring yeah. out all over the racetrack and all that driving his cars back in the day. Um after uh driving for Junior, you wanted to leave? Or did 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 y'all just kinda that deal just, just kinda away. split? He, you end up going to drive the eight car for Stavola Brothers. Yeah. Should have won about four or five races of junior. Right. Finished. Second, 19 times. Yeah. Four one. And so, 19 times. 19 My times. Gosh. And so, uh, what are you thinking about this eight car for Stavola Brothers ride? <coughs> it's all ass. They were. Should have won about two races. Should have won Pocono. Should have won New Hampshire. Wilkesboro. And they on the beach. Yeah. She's our fourth. She had to, she's our fourth. She's holding it down thing wide up. So you ran there for one year with Tavola. Yeah. Um, they, uh, that team was like the, you know, Bobby and, uh, Bobby Hill and Bobby Allison drove for them back in the 80s uh, with the Miller car. But at this point, the 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 is gone and it's just the eight. Uh that Bobby Hillen had originally drove, and uh, Jeff Burton would drive for them. Oh, yeah, that's right. Race Rebestis and all that. Yep. You end up getting hired by Morgan McClure in 1994. I mean, this is pretty much, uh, I think, what a lot of people uh, would remember about your career is driving that car to two Daytona 500 wins. Um, and they were a uh, they were a relatively new team still at the time. They'd yeah. been around with Rick Wilson for a while. <clears throat> Phil Parsons drove the car a couple races. But I think when you, you know, and, and I think people, when Rick Wilson was driving the car, people could see how fast that car could be. Uh, there was a lot of times when Rick had some great opportunities to win races, especially at Daytona and so forth. You. Um, you get in the car uh, in 94, and right away, I mean, they're they're another innovative team. They had the X-Pipes, uh, what, the doc, Dr. Gas. Yes. Uh, which had a different sound than anybody else and um, created some additional power and so forth. At least people assume that that sound and that X-pipe and that exhaust would give you some more speed. You go out there and you win a couple Daytona 500s with that car. Um, your first race, you like you say, you've run second so many times. You came so close. Uh, and now you're, you know, you're with a team. They seem to be a great fit for you. It was. Tony, Tony Glover. We've been friends a long time. Yeah, Larry's great. All the brothers on the the car. Yep. Had a a good time with them. They seem like um, they had the same sort of approach, mentality, attitude, personality that you have. Yeah. And that y'all worked really well together. Yeah. Um, When you go to Daytona and you drive that car in practice, I mean, I know you've been to Daytona. You've had fast cars before, but what what about this car is different? Well, the the 94, the car is aluminum. Yep. And uh, it is a pretty quick car. Next year to come out that uh, Monte Carlo. Yep. And that thing would fly. Mm-hmm. So when you 
talk about the X-Pipes. You know, is that a big deal as as people make it today? About two horsepower. Just two horsepower. Yeah, two, two horsepower. But, it, you know, and it's, was it cool? Because I mean, was it fun? To, oh, it's fun. Fun to mess with people because people yeah. would hear it and go, wow, they're making. And that, you know, is it uh, is it another deal where it's a bit of a distraction from other things y'all can do? Because, like, I, I always felt like if I'm going to try to pull some shit off, I'm going to make something super obvious that I don't mind them catching. Because the guy that. You know, the tech guy going through tech, and he goes, oh, dude, I see this. Take You got to fix this right here. You got it, man. No problem. We're going to fix that. Sorry, we're trying to get, you know, trying to look, trying to be fast, but they ain't looking at the other that you really want, that you want to keep. You know, is that kind of what the sound and all, you know, the, you, even though those pipes were making just a couple horsepower, the, the distraction that distraction, it made yeah. through the garage of everybody going, oh, what the hell they got under there? They got to see. We got to see what those pipes look like. Oh, man, everybody's talking about that. They're not talking about anything else. Steve Chris said, Steve worked for you. I remember oh, yeah, Steve. Steve Chris. He, he started saying up, and everybody stopped. What the hell is that? Yeah. So what was the other stuff then? Like they're, 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 what, else, what other tricks did that car have? I, I didn't push nothing. He didn't have no valves to push no buttons to push. He just yeah. Run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, um, I mean, go, let's talk about winning your first race. You, you, um, you actually won back to back Daytona 500s, 90, um, 95. yeah, 94, 95. What was it like to finally win? I mean, you win your first race and it's the, it's the biggest race of the year. You know what was this feeling like? <coughs> it's awesome. Yeah, I mean you're you're in your what you're in your thirties at this point. 30, yeah. 30, 36, Been 36. doing this a long time. Long time. Run second a lot. You finally get uh, to stand there in Victor Lane, the biggest day of the you know oh, yeah. biggest race of the year. What was that feeling like? Great. Yeah. I mean, just finally come turn forward. It was close on gas. Yeah. Ernie's behind me. Said, Please don't ride the gas. <laughs> Flat tire or something. You know, it's we got it. Yeah. And so you go back in 95 to win it again. Um, I mean, you had a great year in 94 with some good runs and all, but you go to 95 and, and get two Daytona 500s back-to-back. Now you're not – you know, because like anyone else, yeah. you know, you win one, that's – you know, it's Daytona, the draft, the, you know, the car, this and that and other, but now you got two, you know. Now, you, now you've – you kind of really made a claim that it's uh, that, that it legitimizes the first one, if you will. Yeah. What kind of payday did it have? <laughs> Three hundred fifty-six thousand. Both he remembers that. Both. I mean, like to the yeah. dime. I mean, three hundred. The first one or together. The mine. The first win. Three hundred fifty-six thousand. Three hundred fifty-six thousand. What about the second one? I think it was about four twenty-something. Four twenty. Four twenty-thousand. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Okay. Winners first. That's a life changer right there. Yeah. I mean, th- this has to be the first. I mean, this is your first win. So th- th- this, w- what does this do to you financially? What, what's the first thing you go buy? A tractor? House? <laughs> I built a house. You built the house? Where'd you build it? And on Did you always stay in Nashville? Farm, you always farm. did. Yeah. Same farm. Same farm. You still own that same piece of property? Yeah. Yeah. All 600 acres? Yeah. Really? Damn. Yeah, still there. Yeah. You'd think it'd been parted out a little bit. Some there's an upgrade on the farm somewhere when you win a Daytona 500 though. Oh. Then you damn sure gonna upgrade somewhere oh, when you bulldozer. win two bulldozer. There <laughs> we go. That's what we're looking for. 
Had, your house got him on. You went and bought a toy is what you did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you won two more races in 95. You know, you won another race at Talladega, but Darlington. You go to, I mean, Darlington is the hardest racetrack on the circuit. That I is a, it's all driver. You know, if there is a track where driver matters more than car, yeah. Darlington will be on that list, maybe at the top of that list. What I've never won at Darlington, never won an Xfinity race or a cup race there. Came close. But when you're trying to prove everybody in that industry and yourself that you got what it takes. Yeah, to win somewhere else. And you win there. Yeah. You've done it. What was that like? It's neat. Like I said, I always love, love Darlington. Yeah. And the driver's track. And uh, they paved it. They just paved the track. It was 95 when I won it. They paved the track. Make it mess it up or make it better? Well, make, make it more grip. Yeah. More grip. Hauled ass. Everybody hates Darlington. You're the only one I know that loved Darlington. I mean, like, everybody loves Darlington from, from a historical standpoint, but I didn't know many drivers that love it this much. You finished uh, third in points that year. Damn, that's pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. In 96, 97, you won Talladega in 96. You won the Firecracker at Daytona. Um, and then you left the team after 1997. You go to Sabco to drive for them. I mean, they're starting up getting – did the Sabco thing look pretty and shiny? You're, like, lured over to, to this neat thing. Why, why did you leave this four-car that seemed to be such a great fit and go to Sabco? Felix had a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> Felix. Felix had a lot yeah. of money. Yeah. So you got a good paycheck. Glover went over there. You, you took Glover with you. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's right. So you basically felt like you were basically you were moving not only you, but you were moving performance and everything that was working yeah, at the floor. You were coming over. You were taking all this with you. And so that gave you the confidence to make that change. Yeah. When did you break your neck? What year was that? O two. O two. So, in two thousand and two, you are leading the points. Mm-hmm. There's about, I don't know, ten races left in the season. It ain't long. You know. I've I've been fascinated by this year where you break your neck. You're leading the points. You're you're in you're in this perfect position to win the championship. And you had to stop. How bad was your how bad I mean the how bad was the break? What was the doctors telling you? You got a broke third vertebrae in your neck. And if you race and crash you're gonna have be paralyzed. Yeah. That's why they made you made you get yeah. out. Yeah. They they told you if you got you know, you had a chance if you got hurt, you, know, you got another wreck, you were gonna have some serious problems. Yeah. I don't remember how you injured it. What how did you break your neck? Was it in a wreck? Yeah, Richmond. Richmond, Richmond I think really Wrecked there. Somebody clipped me on the start of the race. She was across three or four. I went and hit the wall, you know. And it hurt. And it did. So, Candace about threw it. Spoiled it. And it burnt, hooked me in the left finger. Turned my head on again. Yeah. Well, you took two big hits right big there. Hits. Everybody thought that the Kansas hit was the one where the injury happened, but you think it might have started from I mean, Richmond. I hit Richmond's head Right. On. And so, you go and, – and so, basically, you had to – vacate your title run yeah and this that you would have definitely been in the mix if not winning the championship um what it did do was uh you know jump start the career of jamie mcmurray who fills in for you and in his second attempt at charlotte in his first in his second race i guess he wins the race um which i would assume was hard i know how you guys you guys don't like other people driving your race car do you they made you calling in Victory Lane. Yeah. 
Do I remember this hey, right? I hope. <laughs> yeah. Joe McCartney won the race, but. Listen, if you said that you had a problem with that, nobody would think any lesser of you. I mean, like, but uh, who asked you to do that? Chip? Chip. He asked me. told me. Chip told you. Yeah. To call him? To well, call Ch- Jamie yeah. McMurray in, the, in Victory Lane. He, did he tell you? God, it had to have been spur of the moment. There's no way anybody thought Jamie McMurray was going to win that race. Uh-huh. Um, where, were, where were you? At home? home. In Nashville? Yeah. Did you watch the race? Yeah. You get the phone call? Yeah. And and did you did you want to do that or or, or were you really cool with that? I didn't you cool. didn't care. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it was that big of a deal. I don't, I don't see that as a big big deal. I mean, the car was so damn good. I don't think anybody's shocked that it wins. I think no driver wants to see somebody get in their car and run good. Yeah. I think we all want them to run a little slower. It's the same car we run. You won the race here before. Okay, so maybe they knew it was a rocket ship. Nobody really knew that McMurray could go out and yeah, win that car race. was a point. I mean, I mean yeah. he's leading the championship with yeah. the whole deal. Yeah, I remember 2002. Yeah. You won a ton of races that year. I mean, you won Darlington that, that, that spring. I remember that. Um, that. That was the first year of the Chip-Felix partnership, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, I think um, – I mean, I know he was driving for Felix, but I'm saying is that what was or maybe it wasn't. I remember 01 that was, like, was when Chip, 01's when Chip comes on board. I got it. Okay, so but that yeah, the 02 is when you you were driving the uh, silver bullet, and yeah. then Jimmy was the first year in his tar in that Target 41 car. Y'all were teammates in 02, um, mm-hmm. short lived, but uh, but that that was that year. Yeah, you were on a rail. You should have won that championship. Mm-hmm. I um, I'm gonna take. I need to take a break. Use the bathroom real quick. Go ahead. All right. If you're a diecast fan like me, you know that Lionel Racing, they are the official diecast of NASCAR. Right now, our friends at Lionel are busy working on the 2023 diecast replicas of our favorite Cup Xfinity and Truck Series drivers, along with some of Lionel's most popular diecasts, Raced Wins. To create a Raced Wins diecast, Lionel artists hand draw all the damage, all the scuffs, all those seen on the winning car in Victory Lane on Lionel's diecast template. They even add all the little pieces of confetti. These race wins diecasts capture a moment in time like no other collectible can. They're the next best thing to owning the actual race winning car. Order a race wins diecast now at LionelRacing.com and get free domestic shipping if you use promo code DOWNLOAD23. That's promo code DOWNLOAD23 at LionelRacing.com. So uh, where we left off was um, you having to get out of the car in that in 2002 because of the, the breaking your neck. And, I mean, honestly, I know that that probably – I don't know how much that bothers you today, but uh, I think you made the right decision. I mean, if you, you know, if you don't uh, – you know, if you get out there and you get in another crash, who knows what would have happened yeah. to you. But um, – You know, Felix – Felix called me. And uh, he said, Sterling – what are you doing right now? I said, Bush hogging, Phoenix. Oh, get off and trash immediately. You have a broken <laughs> neck. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, with a broken neck, you can't race the car, but you dang sure going to bush hog. Yeah. You were working the I farm. Didn't, I didn't know it had a broken neck. Yeah. And, and it, it hurt. You didn't know. You just knew it hurt. Hurt. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Hmm. You went on to, to race with MB2 Motorsports. You drove that number 14 car. Um, end up, making a couple starts uh, in 2008. How do you decide, I think, you know, that it's time for you to stop racing? 
in the Cup Series? Like, what's what's that process like for a driver? Little short part for James. Yep, it's kind of embarrassing. But James Finch. Yeah, but his cars weren't terrible. No, it wasn't bad. It was real quick. Martin was one. But uh, I just seen a mission one time toward the end of my career, and it's the race started. Five something, five six o'clock. I what the hell am I doing here? No. Oh, I just to go to race. I want to race at twelve o'clock, one o'clock. Yeah, you don't like to start time as late either. <laughs> Me neither. Um, I come home and bulldoze when they start at twelve o'clock. Be home by three or four. Yeah, that was nice when they'd yeah. start the races at noon, one o'clock. Yeah. You'd be home daylight. You'd get home from from the race and day damp. It's still daylight outside. Oh yeah. Um. So you just kind of it just ran its course. It wasn't a hard thing for you when you walked away. Yeah. Um, and you end up going uh, and running, you know, late models over at the fairgrounds. Yeah. Still piddling and racing uh, over the last decade and a half, two decades. Yeah. Um, you know, how much – why did you want to go run a old short track car at the fairgrounds? You didn't have any pressure, you know, just – Just for fun. All the bullshit, just do it for fun. Like, you, like when you started? So, like, I go back and run the late model car, same reason. Ain't no pressure, no expectation. I miss it. When I tried to do it, when I was doing it back in the 90s when I was getting my start for you back in the 70s, I didn't enjoy it as much as I should have because I had too much pressure. Yeah. I was trying my ass off to make it. And then when I got there, I thought, damn, I wish I would have enjoyed that late model racing more. And so now I go back to do it because I can do it without pressure. Yeah. You had success. You won. You won races. I mean, as recently as the last couple years, a couple years ago, you won a race over there. One last, one last race ever run. Did you? Yeah. When? I think August eighty, eighty, August eighty. I mean, two thousand eight, nine, something like that. All right. I mean, there's some YouTube videos of in car camera. Are you out there riding around, yeah. running that little pro late model? Um, where do you run? Where did you run your late model out of? Your old farm? Farm. Farm yeah. shop. This Stedman, your son messing with any of that yeah. what was his driving career uh all about sure yeah but he tried to make it he didn't try yeah he, i think he wish now he would have but he just he shouldn't put a hundred percent effort in it where yeah. is he now he's working on the farm oh he is what's his deal he's uh, married now got married got a family a couple, couple kids yep i hadn't heard from him in a while i used to see him every once in a while Huh? He rode fell in Vegas somewhere, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, we ran hard a couple times, Daytona, here and there. He was fun. <laughs> He's just, he, I mean, the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. He's pretty much like a, a smaller version the or Sterling. different, yeah, Sterling, different version of Sterling. <laughs> but um, let's talk about Parkinson's. When did you recognize that you, you might have something going on? I'd get out of bed in the mornings and i trip, trip in the house. And uh, I said, what the hell wrong, man? I couldn't hook my seatbelt on my helmet. What year? What, what that was like uh, 2012, I think. Okay. And I just, it's weird, you know, just, you know, you can't really talk right at times. Yeah. But uh, at least six, still six feet above ground. Yeah. But all this came on, like, very subtle? Yeah. And you, did you go to the doctor right away? Yeah, probably, probably waiting, waiting on me. Yeah. And then they, they know exactly what was wrong? Yeah, pretty much. And so um, I've kind of tried to, to kind of keep 
tabs on what's going on with you and you've had various you've had some it's I'm I'm assuming this I don't know for sure so I'm asking but you've had you've had um some things that have helped you like they've been able to do things that have sort of made this uh better shot somewhat yeah somewhat yeah. tolerable I guess um I know at times you've really struggled with it but there's been you know you've 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 been pretty aggressive in treatment and trying to find different things that might yeah. you know give you some control is that true it's true yeah and so what are what are some of the things that are helping you now several, several different pills you can take yeah and, and so you kind of went through yeah the gamut and all, they all help they all do most of them do. yeah a couple of them you can't mess with but uh so make a shake a little more yeah i like pour you yeah. Pour your drink, pour it to Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can pour a drink anytime you want yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. But you work hard at it. Yeah. Yep. And it's and you've made a you know, some you know, I guess I don't know what I don't know I don't know exactly what I'm trying to get at, but I think I wanna I wanna acknowledge what effort you've put in to try to to live with this, right? I want because I think you've worked really hard to to try to, you know, try to have some control over this, to try to be able to live a reason, you know, be able to do whatever yeah, sure. it is you want to do. Like you continue to race your pro late model and you worked hard to be able to do that. You still work on your farm and have, you know, have things that you still want to achieve. So you've worked hard to try to, you know, manage this best you can. Yeah. Is how, it? Yeah. How does that work? I mean, everybody would want to know. I mean, when you're, you're battling Parkinson's, which is no small fight and then racing a car, what are you having to do to be able to manage both of those at the same time? Well, I had the surgery. What yeah. kind of surgery? The DBS. The, the DBS, the, right, brain. which is the, the, like a brain stem. Brain, brain, yeah. And uh, raced like two months later. You raced two months after the surgery? Yeah, surgery. So the brain stem really does wonders then. Is it, I mean, would you, that's a fair I, assessment? I, I'd get done again if I had to do it. You would do it again? Yeah. So I, I told you uh, when we were not taping that my dad has Parkinson's yeah. and this is a real, it's is our new real reality. Right. And um, I, I do know that of all the, I guess of all the, the different things that he's battling, one of the things is just emotional, like depression because he just can't he do, do things to. like he used to. Right. Yeah. And it, dri it, it drives him crazy. It really makes him depressed. Did you deal with that? I mean, you get, you get halfway through something, all of a sudden you start tingling. Yeah. And, and you just got to quit for hour. Yeah. You come back, you keep working. I would say, though, at the same time, you are, I don't even know if you realize this, but, you, you know, you also give a lot of people hope. My dad doesn't live far from where you guys are. And we see you out there racing <laughs> and getting it done. And you're still working on the farm and breaking your ankle off a tractor and doing stuff, and it's like, I got to be honest with you. It's pretty uplifting. I, I don't know if it's uplifting for you, and I don't even know if it's uplifting to hear it, but it's uplifting for people that are b battling Parkinson's. Bad, yeah. And I don't know if you know that, but I want you to know that because yeah. that's, I mean, you give a lot of reason for people to, <clears throat> to keep up the fight. And it is a fight. It's a, it's a fight every day. Every day. Yeah. Yeah. You once said, I believe, that when you would get in your pro late model and race was a time, one time, when you would feel regular, normal. Yeah. Behind the wheel driving. 
because it seemed like, that, you know, I guess that was the most in control of any moment you would ever be. Yeah. Um, and so um, how often do you see specialists today? About six months. Every six months you go see yeah. somebody. Yeah. Um, what is the typical, you know, what's, what's, what are they telling you about your, you know, your condition today? What are they, do they, what are they telling you about what to expect moving forward? Well, see, Parks park won't key the, med- the medicine. The medicine. It's too much medicine. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, you know, watch, watch, watch that. But it's, it's like uh, going town. If I drive to town, I ain't real sure to get back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get, get one of them bits, you know. Yeah. Right some side road. I, I, Th- that happened to my dad. He, yeah. he would get lost. Is that right? Is that what you're saying? No, no. I oh, I so that going. it wasn't that you just phys- phys- just physically couldn't drive it. Yeah. I got you. My dad had gone through some stuff with the. He just he his his uh, brain was just playing tricks on him. Yeah. And those were early symptoms. Early symptoms where he's like, God, where, where am I? You know, where am I going? You know, where, where, you know. And then, and then he would get it back. But you're saying just physically it was hard. Yeah. So physically it's hard to drive to town. How do you drive the race car? Almost like you race cars married. Yeah, just right. makes sense. Makes sense. Just I drive the car. I think something in your system gets adrenaline. Yep. Mm. Gotta want to do it. Gotta want to do it. Yeah. I gotcha. Boy, one might say that race car is the best medicine you got. About it. Yeah. So you're managing this. You know, you feel. You feel like you're you you got all the information you need, and you're you got good knowledge about uh, everything you know that that you can do to to live your day and live your life. People need to uh, you know, are we to have confidence that you you know we're going to see you around for a long time and you got this under control? That's it. Yeah, and Sterling's just out there doing Sterling. That's yeah. pretty much it. That's it. I'm pretty sure when Sterling leaves this earth, it's going to be with the bulldozer. <laughs> it ain't going to be a race car. It'll be with the bulldozer and something, he, you know. And that's 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 the way we all should want to go, by and the way. big yeah. team had three bulldozers, <laughs> one nut truck. You, you got all these toys? Yeah. When do we get invited out to the farm? I want to ride bulldozers and dump trucks. These are what Daytona 500s bought mm-hmm. right here. This is what these are. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, a lot of people uh, would, uh, would want us to touch on the, the 2001 Daytona 500. You know, you're, you, uh, obviously, me and, and the Earnhardt family, uh, Schrader, there's all kinds of people that are part of that story, yeah. willingly or not, right? And I wanted to just share a quick story about that. Um, we I think went to Rockingham the next weekend. Yeah, I get. I didn't want to go. Yeah, I didn't either. Uh, I didn't. I didn't want to. It's funny. I didn't want to go to Rockingham, but I knew I damn sure didn't want to be anywhere else. Mm. Yeah, that was like the the one place. It was the place I, I only place I really could go. Um, but I didn't know <laughs> didn't want to be anywhere. Uh, I don't remember if it was a. I don't think it was a phone call. I think me and you saw each other in person. Might have been as soon as we got to the track on Thursday. We had a press conference, press conference uh, and I was, we were going to speak. And Sterling came up to me and said, hey, 
could you do me a favor? He's like, I'm getting literal death threats about this, about, you know, people thinking I had something to do with this. And uh, I was like, no, shit. and uh, he's like, yeah, it's, and, and it's bothering me. And I think you're one. You're the only one that could fix it. Remember that conversation? And so I go on to the press conference and I said, you know, I said, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I couldn't believe I needed to, I had to say this in that, you know, at that moment. But I was like, you know, whoever's got a problem with Sterling or thinks Sterling has some role in this needs to get rid of that notion altogether. Um, I was, uh, I, you know, I, I, I have sort of felt, uh, you know, some sympathy or something about that for you. Um, you know, everybody that ever drove a race car, especially all, all the guys that were on the racetrack in that moment, know that we were all out there racing our ass yeah. off. It's the last lap of the race. <clears throat> we're all hauling ass and, you know, trying to get to where we're going, right? And that was a race, and that was a racing crash, and – those happen every race yeah. you know and so um and and i know that maybe the majority of common sense folks out there watching it knew that that was a typical race and accident i don't know how much that bothered you uh that people would have uh any problem with uh what went on right there i just hope that you've had i hope that you've carried no problems or, or or carried no 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 sh no sliver of guilt or any kind of uh, uh any kind of thing going forward with that because i haven't i've always <coughs> thought the world of you and felt we were all very unfortunate you know to in that moment in various degrees of yeah. of of unfortunate but um i told trader i was like man i i know you didn't want to be in that crash i know you didn't want to be the one to walk up to that car but i'm glad you were um you know, and, and I was more than happy to uh, assist you on that day yeah, in that press it. conference uh, to quail it's any not, kind of. I can't write people. It stopped like that. Stopped. Good. Well, I'm glad it made a difference. I never did find out whether. It yeah, did. I was wondering, <laughs> did it help? You're saying it helped. Yeah. yeah. Sure did. Yeah. Well, I you know I felt so unfortunate because uh, no none of us none of us wanted to be a part of that. You know that whole experience. That was a that was a horrible thing. But uh, and the whole sport had to go through it. You know. But um, I know people would want us to touch on on that during this conversation today. Um, you know, you. <clears throat> but I I will say, man. I mean, after uh, after that and moving forward, um, knowing you and getting to know you and uh, the person you are and. Uh, uh, the way you look at racing, I've really enjoyed it. I really have. Um, I don't think I knew you too well before I started racing in the Cup Series. But from, from 2000 when I started all the way through pretty much when you retired and the last time we saw each other, uh, you were always um, easy to talk to. I'd see you – if I saw you and we were within five or ten foot of each other in the garage, we always said, hey. Yeah. You would always yeah. go, Amen. what are you doing? <laughs> What's you doing? What you got going on? <laughs> um, you were friendly. You were a guy that I think a lot of people in the garage called a friend. You were a guy that I think a lot of people enjoyed talking to. You are always 
funny, had always a joke to tell or a funny story to share or something that had happened that weekend. You were in the middle of something all the time. And um, oh, how to. Yeah, you were kind of the class clown, if you will, in the garage. Uh, you know, the guy always in the middle of something. Everybody knew there was going to be a story with Sterling. I was just sitting here thinking about it. Talladega. You put dynamite under somebody's van. I'm, you, you, uh, you sent a bunch of people to therapy that day. So let, let's, <laughs> let's, uh, let me, let's talk about that. This might be a good way to, to wrap up the conversation. When you were driving for Ginn, uh, or at some point near the back end of your career, TJ Majors is your spotter. My buddy TJ. Yeah. He would become my spotter. TJ and me were always doing some dumb And he comes home one day with some dynamite. And he's like, I got dynamite in my hand. Let's blow some shit up. And I was like, well, where'd you, where do you get dynamite from? He's like, Sterling gave me that. <laughs> I'm like, Sterling's just giving dynamite away. So I remember. I got some five, six-inch stick. Yeah. Yeah. I brought one home. My wife still brings that up. The middle time you brought dynamite yeah. home. Yes, Sterling. And Sterling and, did it. Yeah, me and TJ put – there was this old wooden outhouse <laughs> on the property, and me and TJ put that damn dynamite in there and blew that damn outhouse out, all to pieces. Um, <laughs> but you – what was the story about you – you stuck it under a rental car or somebody? It was uh, in Kentucky. Yeah. It was tested. And it blowed up two, two – two, I shot him off twice that day. Because all, all the crew boys kind of knew yeah. You done you done blew you done blew up two pieces two sticks out there in the yard and yeah. the boys was all shook up. So uh, they got that twelve passenger van. Twelve passenger van. That's I right. Took stick cut out, got the powder out of it. Put, put the end back in it. So uh, I said, "Y'all hold on, we gotta take a leak out here." Gotta take a leak. So they all get the van. I throw that something in there. And they like killed each other. <laughs> Drove one out, hit on transmission. I like killed him. Skinned his hands all up. But it wasn't gonna blow up because you poured a time. You, you took it apart. Powder out. Yeah. Who would think? I no. I, I mean, that's it. That's quite genius. He saved their lives, actually. Who would think that? You know what? I'm gonna pull that prank. I'm gonna take this dynamite apart. I'm gonna pour the damn powder out of it. Put it back together. Hopefully, it's not gonna. No powder. Out. <clears throat> Hopefully, none of the. You know. I don't know. I mean, a little bit of powder. Will that, will <laughs> How that, much powder yeah. is too much? Like I don't a, know. Like a, you know, <laughs> like a thimble of powder still in there might might make some sort of explosion. Um, you're crazy, man. Yeah, that's that's what we're trying to say. Yeah. You always messing with people. You had you were pulling pranks and shit like that. Uh, what what was uh, the, the the freaking. Uh, Gas man or Henry Benfield. Henry Benfield. Oh, Henry yeah. Benfield for, is you, the first of Sterling Marlin would be like the de- the celebrity death match right yes. there. So you so you were kinda like Henry. Remember when Henry put yeah. the X slacks in the in Stop the man. in the donuts or something? Yeah. For the uh no the No um, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. At Phoenix he put him uh, put the donut the gate worker the, the gate, gate the, the, some could, gate worker pissed because, him off well yeah. because uh remember they used to cross over on the back stretch yeah. and then he would gone out and then they wouldn't let him Back until practice, because yeah. practice was going to start soon. They so, wouldn't let him across, so he went back, got the donuts, he just put them in the X-Lax. He, he and, just set them down. He just he didn't say, here's some donuts, have have a donut. Oh, no. He just set them down, and those guys were like, hmm. That day, he was so pissed off, he passed them things out with a smile. Yeah. And, 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 it was, uh, and, and none of them showed up the next day. He sent a whole wave of workers he away. Them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever prank Henry? 
Nobody mess with Henry. I don't know. I, if anybody well, would do it. to get pranked back. He come down to the beach, Rice Beach, and I didn't do it. But so I put a, a, a fish on his intake, a truck. They put what on his intake? Put a dead fish on his intake. A dead fish. And it cooked oh, it. Of course. It like <laughs> Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. My buddy down there, football player, so he, he knew that's the wrong truck. I got another truck. <laughs> <laughs> he called, he called, you tell that damn Ben Phil, I'm going to kill him. Yeah. So my daughter's yeah. throwing up every two miles. Threw yeah. up. <laughs> I know that dad got, uh, dad or Rusty, one of them put sardines under the damn seat on a race car yeah. somewhere practicing, and they cooked them sardines under there. Henry actually, he about ended a marriage because he, uh, he put women's panties into uh, – you remember Shorty or Phil? Yeah, like Shorty. That, that, yeah, you remember yeah. Shorty? He put it in their suitcase and made him go home with it. The wife found the panties in the suitcase. Man. That was, that was planted by Henry Benfield, and he didn't feel the, bad about it. The, uh, that reminds me. You had Underoos as a sponsor on that 44 car. Yeah. What was that like? Because I, I thought that was pretty difficult. Uh, <laughs> yeah. For yeah, yeah, for a for a macho masculine. Yeah, what are those productions like? Driver <laughs> with a ladies' garment sponsor on the side of his car. That was, was. yeah. I mean, you know, I think Mark, Martin hard. comes along and has Viagra, so you, he kind of trumped you Fit on that right one. But I don't know. I think Viagra must be better. I think if I had to choose between the two, I think right? I could make you. I mean, if anybody can make Underoos fun, it would be Sterling. Sterling could do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well man sterling it's been a lot of fun i'm i'm glad you came all this way to see us glad, glad to have me. yep uh, a lot of people are gonna be glad they you've been a, a highly requested to come on the show see ya. and it's great to see you uh appreciate you bringing all you folks uh to to join us today and sit in on the conversation uh you had a uh you had a really 65 years old 65. you had a really really interesting life um, I'm going to write a book. Yeah, you I'm should. Back. You need to write that book. Yeah, you right. need to write it. Um, I certainly read it. How you became, um, you know, how you come off the farm with your dad, uh, went to the racetrack as a mechanic and a tire changer, made your way into the seat of the car, how you worked uh, multiple years to put together something that would, uh, you know, that would get you into uh, a cup car full time. I mean, the effort and the yeah. the – the, a lot of work. Determination, I would say. A lot of people might have turned and, and gave up after a while, but you made it work, and then you spent years before you finally saw the success that you dreamed about your whole life and got to go to Victor Lane winning races, the biggest races in our sport. Uh, and then, you know, you retired, went back, raced short tracks, uh, and now you, you're here with us today. So thank you so much. We appreciate you. Thank you. We, got, a, we got an ally here in Sterling Marlin. That'll do it. Sterling Marlin on the Dale Jr. Download. Man, I'm really excited to have Ally help us bring the guest segment every week. It's one of my favorite parts of the download. We get to talk to so many different people in racing, outside of racing. But everybody that comes in here, I want them to have had a good time. I want them to want to come back. I want them to feel like an ally to Dirty Mo Media. Thank you, Ally, for your continued support of the download and the entire Dirty Mo Media team. There is a new episode of Actions Detrimental with Denny Hamlin available now. Go to your favorite podcast platform to check it out. And while you're there, don't forget, follow and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Check out Dirty Mo Media. Check out Dirty Mo Media.
Dirty Mo Media. Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.